does. Just brief about this because I'm talking about that for you to know if you are a member of this church, the unction under which God has called you. This is an apostolic prophetic church and as we have been from scratch we are till now, we shall be forever. It's not a church that changed like, like shifting shadows. No, we are not. It is not a church that followed the world system. It is not a church designed to appeal to the world to come. No, 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 no. Jesus came and only Galileans followed him at the initial stage. It is a church that believes in the Bible. Scotland. When I was praying, I said something that you need to be, you need to take cognizance of. We are a church that proved the validity of the Bible. We are a church that, you know, uh, is established by God to show that the Bible is true to letter. And if I will do this before I go into few origin of this church, I will ask that everybody 90, 29, 29 years old downwards, if you are 29 years old down, stand up. From 0 to 29 years, stand up. My, oh my. Put your hands together for all these gems. Wow. Wow. So by this I can say CFT is a church of youths. Come on now, I can hear you. Look at, look at, that's what I expect to hear. <laughs> I think they, are, they have been tranquilized by the singing. My, 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 you will rule in England. And I'm not joking. You're on the way already. Some of you are already in the corridor of power. Sit down, please. You want to hear how CFT started? Don't miss next Sunday. But let me just give you a little brief about who we are. I was a land surveyor and a mapping scientist. And I practiced in construction, you know, surveying. I did a lot in mapping and geodesy. Then I went into construction surveying from 1975. And God allowed me to head projects in construction. One of the projects is a project of road construction in Nigeria. After Bauchi, after just going to Bauchi, there is a place called Naraguta Hill, where we blasted into the rocks for the road to be constructed. Then I was taken to a place called Magama, where it was bush from one town to the next town. And I was given the plan to from what we call enumeration survey as to what compensations for the people that the road will take their lands and their crops and stuff to you know preliminary survey which i did and then to the engineering drawing where we calculated the sections longitudinal section cross section cut and fill and all stuff like that and then to the setting out to tarim and i finished that project but I'm saying this to you because all these things I'm telling you have to do with how I behave today. Amen. Amen. And then the Lord sent me out to Abuja to supervise the first project, you know, in Nigeria, new capital city in Abuja, which is called the FCDA base camp. I was the supervising engineer, 79. In the midst of this, the Lord sent me to England. But when I came to England, I came into England because I want to become a professor emeritus in satellite geodesy and remote sensing. Don't worry about the nonsense I'm talking about. <laughs> Sometimes all those jargons, 
and earnestly to be spoken. Because some people think that many people who preach the gospel are renegades, rejects of society, who are unsuccessful in intellectual or, or in academics, and so they felt that to go and preach is a way to make money. And people need to know that it's not so. Wise men are still being called by God. And wise men are still seeking him as they went when he was born. It was in these pursuits of mine to do PhD that Jesus appeared to me. Please, I am okay. I've said to you, don't touch the mixing at all again, please. It was in this, can you go back to what it was before? Take that out. Good. This is better. And sit down until I finish. You know, whenever you interrupt me when I'm preaching, you affect the flow. And I don't want interruption. If you need to increase your volume, go to your TriCaster and do that. A degree in that stuff as well. Now, let's carry on. So, the Lord, the Lord Jesus appeared to me while I was preparing to go into more crazy stuff into research in satellite geodesy and remote sensing. At that time, remote sensing was just being introduced in the field of mapping sciences. And then Jesus appeared to me. I will talk detail about that on Sunday. When Jesus appeared to me, he walked into my room, like as you are walking here, and told me, go back to London and start the work. And I said to Jesus Christ, that I'm a last of you. And he said to me, what you should do first, you now do last. Go now and start the work. And he took me by the Spirit of the Lord out of my body. And then I was in a holiday in Nigeria at the time. From, I went from England to Nigeria for a holiday. And then we, we flew past the space and came to England. And I knew where I was because I was, I was already living in London. And we went, we went to three spots in the United Kingdom and I saw massive revival. People were turning to God in their millions. And he was with me right through. And then... After the journey, he brought me back to where I was in my room, and he said to me, go now and start the work. The reason why I dress in a clerical color was because when Jesus appeared to me, he had in his hand a gown, black gown. You are going to see me so exactly that gown this year. I have never seen exactly that gown. I've put on gowns, you know, and it's a black gown. And he had the rod in his hand, like the military officer general's rod with a brass tag. And he had the Bible in his hand and he stretched it to me and everything came upon me. But I, I soon recognized the reason why he gave me a black gown. Because if you, those of you who have been following my ministry and those of you who are members of the church, we recognize that one of my areas of easiest operation is when I confront satanic powers. Well, if Apostle Williams, if anybody under heaven, this cloud, boasts of a power that is contrary to Jesus Christ, you only need me to go there. It will be made stupendously useless at the end of my visit. And that has happened in UK, it has happened in America, it has happened in African countries. Because my commission is against the powers of darkness as an apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, therefore... If that is the way I was called, what is the traits of it? Or what is the evidence of it? Having Jesus appeared to me, we came to London. And in London, I was attending a local church. You know, came back with my wife then. 
And I've told them I'm going to bring my wife. And then they were expecting us. And when we knelt down to pray, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes in a vision. And I saw a road. And I saw the name of the road. And the Lord said to me, as I was sitting there kneeling down praying, that Lord will commit the service to you. And the Lord said in that vision, you will not go to that church to worship me today, but you will go to this road. You will find this road. This is the way to get there. And, and you will see a bridge. And after the bridge is a church. And that's where you should worship me. By open vision. Just as you read about open vision in the Bible. It's still the same today. The same Christ yesterday, today, and forever. And I told my wife that I have had a vision of the Lord. And told her the vision. And she said to me, what about if we don't find the road? And I said, darling, there is no if when God reveals. We will find the road. We will find the bridge. We will find the church. Just follow me. And you know, as an obedient uh, servant, uh, who I tamed for the past 44 years or so, I think I've been taming, 45 years I've been taming her. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's my good pet. Amen. I can't argue with my wife when it comes to food. Because she is the king of the kitchen. But when it comes to God says, I believe I'm in charge as the father of the house to give vision to my household. She followed me. And we went out. And of course, she wasn't happy of how the people would feel who we have promised I'm going to bring my wife because of integrity. But when God speaks, he overrides every integrity. So I said, darling, God, just follow me. We went, and when we went, we found the road, and by the road, at the end of the road, we saw a bridge. I said, that is the bridge I saw. I said, maybe after that bridge, I joined the bridge must be a church. And I know the church. I can tell when I see it. I saw the church, like television. Once we passed the bridge, was the church. And we went into the church. It was Oliver Defoe Baptist Church. Now, let me say this to you. This is where the story began. I entered the church, and the pastor of the church, my senior pastor... Pastor Don Bishop from a village called Arakas in Scotland said to the church, God told me that young man has a message for this church. The first time in the church. And the pastor to say, God said to me, that young man has a message for this church. And he said, I will quit the pulpit for him to come and tell us what God has told him. I thought some people think that, some Pentecostal people think that they are the only one who hear God. Evangelical don't hear God, they think. But I think that, and I'm sure that my pastor had God. And I went to the pulpit and told them the vision of how Jesus showed the building to me. Now listen, therefore. And then my ministry began in that church. Serving and serving and serving and serving until the time that my time was over... And the church sent me out. I will talk more about the details of that next week. This church did not, did not uh, rebel somewhere. This church did not begin because some people gathered together and felt God is calling them. They too should start something. No, 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 no. When Jesus appeared to me, I went to submit myself to authorities. But when my time was over in the church, on the count that I was getting people healed... And I was getting people to speak in tongues, which is impossible for man to do. Holy Ghost baptizes people, and Jesus heals his people, but he needs a vessel. And they said, I've changed Baptist doctrine. And so the old Baptist folks cannot speak in tongues, 
And they rose up and said, I should get out. And I got out, led by the Lord to CAC Church in Nigeria, where the revival started for 90 days. And that's a, a report of that is in, in my books. And that was how my apostolic office was launched by the Lord Jesus. Because we saw lame walk, blind saw, dead was raised. Medically certified dead. Came back from that and I began to seek God. Where will I go? Let me judge Church of England. And the Lord asked me to meet him in seven days. And seven days I was praying and seeking the face of God. And then the Lord gave me the name Christ for a tabernacle. Now, when the Lord gave me the name Christ for Tabernacle, I said to the Lord, I don't know how to start a church. I only know how to serve as a pastor under an ecclesia. And then the Lord said to me, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then I went out to the marketplace and I found one of my old members, Brother Dick. And he came and said, Oh, Apostle, we have been looking, Pastor, we have been looking for you. We have been looking for you. I said, Here am I. I have come back. He said, Will you teach us Bible? I said, Why not? Come to my house next Wednesday. Next Wednesday to teach them Bible, 33 people gathered in my home. Who invited them? The man went about spreading the news. Pastor has come back. And we are going to his house of Bible study. And they came by themselves. Of course, a few number of people who was involved in my crusade in Nigeria, also about two families, very big families in Nigeria, who were involved in my crusade, they, they heard about it, and they told all their children in London, go to that man. And the first day we met, it was not a church. It used to teach Bible. So I started teaching Bible. And then the second week... They went to 40-something. The third week, they went to 50-something. That was 1989. And then, within one month, they were on the streets. In Ludwig Mills. And then we moved and found a place called Hughesville Community Center. And then we started meeting every Wednesday to teach them Bible. On the last Wednesday of February 1990, we finished service... And as I was going to say, the grace, I went to an open vision. When I talk about open vision, I'm sure that, of course, those of you who are CFT members, you are used to that now. Because a number of you have had that encounters. And before you, I have told you, even what is happening in England now, that I saw last year in an open vision, and I told you I saw the Labour Party break into two, and I saw the Conservative Party break into two, and the two halves came together to form a new movement. I said, that movement had no head. You remember? And I said to you, I see England like a sheep without a shepherd because the prime minister lost control. And the opposition leader lost control. And the new movement also have no leader. And I said, and I see a great cloud of confusion upon the United Kingdom. Because open vision is like, as I'm seeing you, you too will see. In the realm that is not naked to your physical eyes. And in open vision, you will engage the angels that are showing those information. You will engage them, you will speak with them. If somebody goes to vision here, he will be here, but he will be speaking and very active in this other realm. That's the reason why when God gives you a vision, it is not possible for you to forget a fragment of it because you are engaged in the whole process. And so you are used to it. And so God 
showed me on that day and said, tell your people, look at this building. And he showed me All Saints Church in New Cross Road. And he said that, tell your people to meet you there this weekend, this Sunday at 2 p.m. Now, this is a building we have not known before. And God said, tell everybody here to meet you in this place this Sunday, Wednesday to Sunday, 2 p.m. And I asked the people, do you know where New Cross Road All Saints Church is? Some said yes. Some said no, because they come from Barnet, I remember. Pastor, you remember that some of them come from Barnet. And so, <clears throat> I said, those of you who know, write the address. And they wrote it. Tell us how to get there. They told us, all of you, meet me in this. There is a building there where you get to New Cross Road. It's called All Saints Church with a big signboard in, in black. <laughs> meet me there at 2 p.m. This coming Sunday, God said we will start our church then. You know, those who follow me don't have doubts. Because when God has spoken and it has happened, He has spoken again and again, it has happened. There have never been a time God spoke to me and they said, Oh, God got it wrong. Oh, I did get it right. It never happened. It's either He speaks and He doesn't speak. Everybody just followed. And they never thought about the rationale behind that thought. So the second day now, I went to the All Saints Church to look for it. I found the All Saints Church and I said, saw a, a telephone of the vicar. And so I phoned the vicar. And the vicar said, oh, come, come, this is my house. And gave me his house number. Some vicars cannot give you their house if they don't know you. Tell me, if that man is not spiritual, what is he? There are many people who don't speak in tongues, but they are better than Pentecostals who speak in tongues. They know God more than the bishops of Pentecostals. They may not have gotten to the place of this power. Alright? And I went to Reverend Father Owen, who is the vicar of a high mass Anglican with icons all over. And he received me and he gave me, he went to the kitchen and did coffee for me. And he said, What can I do for you, young man? And I said, Sir, yesterday I was with my members and I saw an open vision. Okay? And in the open vision, the Lord said to me, Go tell your people to meet you in this building, this Sunday, 2 p.m. And that is where the church will begin. And the vicar said, what did you say you want? I said, coffee. So he went and did coffee. When he did the coffee, he did himself coffee to sat down. And he sat curiously to listen to my story again. And he said, please, can you tell me what you said again? <laughs> I was a raw African chap. Just from Africa, I don't know that there is difference between culture in England and Africa. I just thought everybody was African. <laughs> and my vicar said, tell me what you just said. I said, sir, yesterday we were praying and I saw an open vision. I thought he understood what I was saying. He said, vicar, after all, you understand. And God said to me, and he said to me that, excuse me, young man, in Anglican, if you want to use our property, you will apply. And after you have applied, then we will hold a meeting of the leaders. And the meeting of the leaders, we have many things to discuss. We discuss your application. And then we come for another month, while everybody will have slept over it, and come to speak about their views. Then we argue it before we agree. So, the process of application to acceptance will take a minimum of three months. If you are so lucky, or six months too. He said to me, however, you have told your people to come to the building that you don't have possession over. <laughs> by this weekend. And he said, you know something? God said to me, 
What did I say? God. You don't expect to hear God there, do you? Because of the stigma and the stereoscopic view of Pentecostalism, which Satan is using now to destroy many who claim to know him. There are many others who know him too, the God of Israel. And he said that God told me that he is the one who revealed to you, and I believe God revealed the vision to you. He said, I've never seen vision before, but I believe you saw. And he said, because of that, I will override every procedure of Anglican. This Sunday, you worship in that building. He said, follow me. And he drove me with his car to the property. And he said to me, this is where you sit. This is Holy of Holies. All your ministers sit here. And he said, I know that you African churches, you always carry instruments about. You put your instruments here. And he gave me a store. And he said to me that I'll give you the key. And then he said, I will tell my board I took that decision. Let me say something to you. Your God that you serve has power over the mind of kings and princes. If you can serve God the Bible way, you will see manifesting. I have so many testimonies about God, which is like what you read in the Bible, even among you till today. You will possess the land you did not owe. You will dwell in the house you did not purchase. Let me say, some people have labored, God will call you to the rest. You only need to serve God the Bible way. The Bible way, not the way of man. Not what people think. Serve God the Bible way, you will see the Bible God. And it's open to any man and every man. Listen to me, brethren. My members came not expecting different. And on that day, I was at the door to welcome everybody at 2 p.m. And this is how this church started. Now, let me say this to you. Over the years in this church till today, up till this day, God still speaks to us by audible voice. He speaks to us by open vision. He speaks to us by, by prophecy. Let me just, by the way, correct this. I was told that in Nigeria, a prophecy I gave four years ago had become a tool to determine the next president of Nigeria. Can I just correct them that that prophecy did not address who we rule now? Though I know who will rule now. And I've given you indication about who will be the next president. Because God said to me that he will cut them unawares. He must bring judgment over the rulership of Nigeria. From the church rulership to the national rulership. So that there will be sanitation and purity and godliness will flood in Nigeria. For what God wants to do in Nigeria to be fulfilled. And I've told you that. But strange enough, the prophecy said the president currently... Who had been till now, before he came in, I saw a vision. And in the vision, I saw a big tree. And an angel came and pushed that tree down with a small finger. And it fell. And I wondered, how could a big tree be pushed down? And the Lord said to me, look at its roots. And I saw that the big tree, instead of having a tap root, had a fibrous root. And I said to the Lord, how could a big tree have a fibrous root? He said, worms have eaten his roots. And so he shall stand no more. And I said, who is this? He said, this is President Goodluck. He said his days had been numbered and he had been removed from his office. And he said, look. And I saw a shrub <clears throat> began to grow. It looks lifeless, but it was so powerful. And people were playing with the blade of the shrub. In the first year, and in the second year, the, the, the leaves became a blade. And it was cutting their hands off their body. 
And I said, who is this? And God of heaven said, this is Buhari. Who at the time, people say Nigeria will not, never see the light of day. And the Lord said that I have determined to raise judgment in the nation. I will raise him as a Cyrus, God said. And I saw four years. And the four years ended yesterday. Okay? But let me say, that does not bring an end to his throne. Because on the fourth year, that blade turned to itself, to the shrub, and cut the shrub down. Now, the reason why I believe that he will not be the end of his throne was that I went to Nigeria last year, January, and God was angry with the spiritual leaders of Nigeria. And God said to me, I raised this man for a mandate so that he can make a way for the young man that will rule Nigeria. And I saw that young man who will rule Nigeria. Let me just make it clear. It is not Shore I saw. Because some people have taken the prophecy and said it's Shore. No, no, no. Put this one on the television, I'm saying. Put it on social media, what I'm saying. The man I saw, I will not mention his name because of security, but he is from northern Nigeria. A young man. Sin. And he is the one who ruled to bring Nigeria to his glory. But then, when I went to Nigeria in January, I was talking to ministers, and out of anger, the Holy Spirit said to me that, I, I raised Buhari to, as a rod of judgment, so that he can bring people to books and set up a structure that will, that will hinder people from defrauding the nation, so that the nation now can now have a pedestal to move forward in life. He said, but the spiritual leaders, Christians, that I put over in Nigeria, they turned against him. And the Lord said to me, they will go for three years slavery for doing that. And that is the reason why I know that this election will not be to their favor. To the, to the spiritual leader's favor. Because I can say that even more clearer now because they have already voted. But the video that they were passing about, <clears throat> when God said that Buhari is the last solution of Nigeria. And what God meant by that is that when Buhari comes, he's assigned to set an infra, you know, the structure and the template for Nigeria so that Nigeria can succeed. But the church leaders, because of what they have eaten and fraud, did not pray for him. So the witches and wizards attacked the man. The man is not born again. He is vulnerable. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 3 tells you that. And so that the man started... And many things he should have done. He could not do it because the, the people who sit in darkness overpowered him. And the people who claimed to be sons of light were inspired against him. So let Nigeria get it clear that this one, the person that will rule you in this time has three years ago. Before the real man will manifest. But he will bring many to books. Forget about all the information they pass around in Nigeria that has no basis. As far as I am concerned, I'm a trained person to, as a law person, and we do not accuse anybody without evidence. And of course, evidence is not, is not though evidence is necessary in judgment, but evidence does not determine judgment. Yes? Those of you who are in, in law will recognize that with me. Therefore, when people speak about prime ministers of nations, president of nations, don't believe it. Look for evidence. You know, people have what they say about uh, 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 Trump. Yes? Don't believe nonsense that they say about Trump. Get evidence. They say many things about Theresa May. Don't accept it unless you can see evidence. 
Because Satan has used rumor to destroy good intentions of God from beginning of time. And up to now, he's still doing that among brothers in the church. Slander and rumor against your fellow brother and cause enmity between you and the person you should love. A Christian must not live by the rumors of men. We must walk by evidence. And when God speaks, he speaks. You don't have to believe it. That is what will happen. God does not, God's prophetic is not subject to debate. And it's not subject to your likeness. Because you that God is using to prophesy may not like what God is saying. But when God is saying it, you just have to hear it. I will together now. Yes, Come on now, church. Yes, so I think I have to clarify this. If I had done this two days ago, it would have gone to the social media so that they would know that some people are using my prophecy in Nigeria now to try to gain their own habitation. I've seen people who sent prophecy, the prophecy about and said that the young man is Shure. I wrote to them that I didn't see Shure. I saw the man. It's not from the south. It's from the north. And really it's from Sukutu. And Nigeria likes it or not, he will rule over them because he has the... God created that young man to be the solution for this generation. And he will be the one who will be the next. Nothing will stop him from getting there. Have I met him? Yes, I have. Because I saw him, I don't know him. Now I've met him, I've prayed with him. God bless you out. Know that. But let me say this to you, therefore. Why I went into all this is this. If you are a believer, you have the right... What I'm doing now is live. So I know it's live. And I speak provocatively because it's live. So that nobody can misquote me. You have heard from the horse's mouth. I'm not a horse, but I have a mouth. <laughs> Amen forevermore. Hello, somebody. Do you know why I'm saying this to you? I'm helping you to understand the God we serve. The God that I offer you in Christ the tabernacle is the God of the Bible. Come on now. Let's now talk about the finished work of the cross just for 10 minutes. The reason why Christians have problems on earth is because they did not understand the finished work of the cross of Calvary. I told you for the past two lectures that I see dispensation in the Bible. That's the dispensation of conscience, which went from Adam till the time of Moses. Then there's the, the, the dispensation of the law, which came by Moses till Malachi <clears throat> and Jesus appeared. Then there's the, the dispensation of salvation, which is grace. I've shown you in the past two lectures very evidently the fact that promise was made to Abraham. And Genesis chapter 12 tells us about that. God promised Abraham, let's see that very quickly, chapter 12 verse 1. God said to Abraham, very quickly please, chapter 1 of Genesis. Sorry, chapter 12, 1. The Lord has said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land. I will what? Then the next verse says, shall we read it together, please? And then the next verse. It says, 
The first promise is that God will make him into a great nation. Make him great. Yes? And God said he will bless him. And he, he will bless those who bless him. And those who curse him, he will curse. They don't need deliverance. Because if you curse Abraham, Abraham doesn't go to deliverance minister. Once you curse him, God curse you. Hallelujah, somebody. Come on now, listen attentively. No, that's all right. Thank you. You curse Abraham. Abraham never went for deliverance. No. If you curse him, God curse you. Because God promised that if someone curse you, I take care of that. Okay? But it says too, I will bless those who bless you. I love that. And then the next verse says, I will bless those who bless you. All people of the earth will be what? Blessed. Isn't it? Hmm. So, therefore, Abraham received promise, not law. Promise is what is given to somebody. Sometimes it is because somebody behaved. But sometimes it has nothing to do with behavior. I am a father. I promise my kids something because I just love them. The will I give to my kids are my personal, sincere opinion promise. And once I have put it in writing and it has gone out of my hand to the hand of the recipient, I lost ownership of that very thing. That is law. We agree? Come on, those of you who did trust law, you answer me. When a promise goes out of the hand of the one who promised and has been received by the one that you promised, the one who promised cannot revoke it because title has changed hands. So God promised Abraham. Promise is not subject to behavior. It's subject to love. God just loved Abraham and promised him. But if you look at the Galatians chapter 3 verse 8, it says the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. That scripture you read in verse 3. So those who have faith are what? Blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So God says in that scripture that Jesus you have Abraham, you have Moses, you have Jesus. Under Abraham is promise and inheritance. Under Moses is law and curses and blessings, condition. But under Jesus Christ is promise and blessing. And then I told you the connectivity between Abraham and Jesus is this. God foreknew that the Gentiles would be justified by faith. He announced the gospel in advance in Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. Are we together now? So therefore, now, this is what you must not forget. Satan doesn't want you to know what I'm telling you. You are more than what you ever think you are. Once you give your life to Jesus, let me say something to you. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit lives in you in the bodily form. The devil doesn't want Christians to know this. So, he, de- he, he developed a lot of myth to make you fear. Therefore, the Bible says, verse 9, those who have faith are blessed 
So if the Bible says that those who have faith in Jesus are blessed, where did they find curse from? It is impossible for blessing to bring forth curse. It is not possible. It is completely impossible. A man cannot conceive a child. Or a man cannot be so passionate or empathetically about his wife that the wife was pregnant for six months and the husband took the rest of the pregnancy and carried the pregnancy for the rest nine, uh, three months. It's impossible. It is unheartful. Oh, it cannot be imagined so. A Christian cannot be cursed at all. Because there is no curse in God. He says, So those who have faith are blessed. You understand therefore that the key to control the blessing is faith. But faith comes by hearing. And if the information you are hearing is an information that stirs up fear in you, no wonder many Christians are walking miserable thinking they are cursed when they are blessed. I will give you the key to success. Cheap. It's in the Bible. I stop this morning with that. It says in verse 10, look at the distinction. All who rely on observing the law are under a curse. So if a Christian relies on the law, he is cursed. He brings himself to curse because he relies on the law rather than rely on faith. So a place where they teach you law, 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 and they teach you how terrible, how powerful Satan is, and your God diminishes, and you don't know how powerful the God you serve is. It brings you under slavery of the devil. I we together now. You know, we have two kinds of ministers, maybe three. There are ministers who just want crowd. I don't want crowd. <laughs> if the church cannot pay my salary, I will take my certificate of surveying. I go back and practice. I didn't forget it. I'm still refreshing myself. Really, by, by September, I want to do, go and do master's degree in quantity surveying. This September. I have just started a course in Cambridge University last week. Okay? So I will not preach to, how to look for crowd. I'm preaching for my eternity. When I get to heaven, I want everyone who had me on earth to be there. Not only that. The encounter I have in God on earth, that Satan can't stop me anyway. I want everyone who follow me to be that way. But what made me that is faith. And what gives me faith is my knowledge of what God has done. Jesus finished it on the cross. Why should I worry myself? I will together now. If you look at our scripture, all who rely on observing the law, verse 10, are under a curse. Curse, because it is written, curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything in the book. Look at verse 11. It says, clearly no one is justified before God by the law. Because the righteous or the just will live by faith. Christians will live by faith, not by law. Verse 12 says, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, the man who does, who does these things will live by them. Look at verse 13. Shall we read it together? It's your memory verse. Shall we? Christ redeemed me. You know, the Bible is so, it's, it's the first law book. I'm writing, God will help me to finish this on God's jurisprudence. What is the meaning of redeem? 
When somebody has been sentenced and given a fine, and another person pays the fine, that is redemption. If the court says 10 years imprisonment or 10,000 pounds fine, the meaning of that is, if you don't have the 10,000 pounds fine, you go to 10 years imprisonment. But if someone pays your fine, no law anywhere on earth can put you in prison. It would be very strange for a person whose fine has been paid to put his hands in the shackles of handcuffs and tell the warder, please take me to prison. That's why Galatians 5.1 says, it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. No longer to be subject. Do not subject yourself to your cost slavery. So, Bible says here, Jesus paid the price for you and I. So that we are free from curse that came from the law. How can Christians say they are under generational curses when Jesus paid the price? Are, are we in agreement? Yes, sir. Do you see what I'm seeing? Yes, sir. He says, Christ paid the redemption, redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse. So he took your place for generational curse so that you will never encounter it. If somebody put a curse in his mouth to curse people, Jesus put his back there because you are born again. So that that curse cannot happen to you. Because in the promise with Abraham, God fulfills in the Gentiles. Because Jesus became a curse, it's written, curse is everyone that hangs on the tree. Now, look at verse 14. Shall we read it together, please? He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to who? We what? Look, look. Excuse me. I think that the people reading here, they are from New Cross Church. I want cathedral people to read for me. Can we read it together in the cathedral way? He redeemed us. I look at your mouth. Some of the New Cross people are keeping quiet. Okay, let New Cross teach us how to read it. <laughs> read that scripture. Let's read it together. Shall we? Oh my. These guys are explosive, you know. They are the general headquarters. And we in Cathedral, we are the financial. Where they attend Downing Street, we are number 11. We determine the budget. Hallelujah, somebody. Together, let's just read our promise from God. He redeemed us. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. So that by faith, we might receive promise of what? Not promise of generational curses. Not promise of somebody sit on your star. I told you you don't have a star in heaven. I did astronomy. I know Andromeda, I constellation, I know Jupiter, I know Orion constellation. I observe all the stars in heaven as a land survey mapping scientist. I didn't see Alfred among the stars. <laughs> and maybe if it is, <laughs> he didn't show up. <laughs> you know all this means. When somebody struggles with prosperity or success, somebody will just say that God is telling me that someone is sitting over your head. Which head? 
Look at your head. Nobody sit there. <laughs> the only thing that can sit on our head is Holy Ghost fire. Yeah. Uh, somebody struggling to make up with success. And uh, they said that, ah, uh, maybe you have bad luck. I look for bad luck. I didn't find it in the Bible. It didn't exist in the vocabulary of heaven. Excuse me, somebody. <laughs> the Bible says, He redeemed us. The reason why Jesus redeemed us is so that we will not come under Moses. We are connected to what? Abraham. So Abraham is promised and Moses is law. Under law is curse. Then in Christ there is no law. So there is no curse. So anybody in Christ Jesus can never come under the curse of Abraham. Are we together? I feel like I can open your body and put what I'm saying there. Listen to me. If that scripture says... The reason why we are redeemed is that we might receive the promise of Abraham. Then, what is the promise of Abraham? Go back to that Genesis chapter 12 and let's see the promise of Abraham and see whether God has cursed among the promise. What did he say in that promise? I will make you into a great nation. That is you. Say amen. Amen. Inside each one born again is nation. The next thing he says, I will what? Who said that? To who? When? Now. Listen to me. God of heaven said, I will bless you. And a man said, I will curse you. Who has more power? No, God of heaven said, I will bless you. And the government said, I will curse you. Who has more power? You, on your knees, you can remove and install who ruled the nation. On your knees. On your knees. Listen to me. So where is this lecture of Christian being cursed come from? Pits of hell. Satan in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Go back there. In the letter, don't go to Timothy, leave my Genesis. It says in 1 Timothy 4.1, it says in the latter days, men will, men will come, men will abandon the faith, and, and, and they will follow deceiving spirit and things taught by demons. This is the latter day, they abandon the faith. The faith is faith of Abraham. Faith of Abraham. And they teach you laws, and they teach you curses. They, Satan wants to brainwash Christians that they are nobody. Christians who God live inside them. The devil doesn't want them to know. The God inside them. Because the day you recognize that, Satan loses everything over your life. He cannot stop you. He cannot unmake you. Really, if he comes around you, he will suffer. He will regret that he ever did that. Because you have known the God in you. Faith is the substance. That's why Satan came with all manners of strange doctrines. People are talking about demonology in the house of Godology. I cannot understand that. I didn't come to church to come and learn about demon. I came to church to come and learn about the God of the church, man. It's when you are teaching demonology in the house of God, that is detestable. You are bringing altar, shrine of the devil, into the holy altar of God. Jesus says... Go ye into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and what? Teaching them to obey all I have taught you. Tell me one day Jesus taught about Satan. 
Let me give you one of the lectures of Jesus about Satan. Luke chapter 10 verse 18. Let's read it together. Read it together. Hey, 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 hey. Read it for me. Excuse me. Did Jesus then teach other things about Satan? No, because there's nothing to teach. A man that is falling, what do you teach about him? What do you teach about him? If you are, if your hero is the fallen one, you will end up in the pit. Okay? <laughs> but look at the next verse he now said to you. I have what? Excuse me. Excuse me. Jesus is the one who spoke with his own mouth. He said, I have given you authority to trample on whether they call them demons, they call them uh, Nephilim. Some people say Nephilim means demons. I don't know where they got that from. They call them. I was in a church before. Somebody, was, somebody who was an occult was in my meeting. And that person, as I was preaching like this, the power of God hits that person at the back. <coughs> Excuse me. And the person ran out of the pew. Rush everybody, jump on them, jump on them, got to the aisle. And she knelt down. And her legs folded in. And her knees became like hooves. And she started jumping with her knees to the front. That leg folded by demons. And she was jumping, hop, 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 hop. It was Pastor Adegboi of Ilori in his church. And he jumped, jumped, she jumped, jumped, jumped. And I kept on preaching, looking at the spectacular of God. When she got to the front, and I was preaching, she stood up. And she behaved like a ram. And she went back like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you not read it? Jesus, poor principalities and power made a public suit. And she came towards me and I ducked it. <laughs> because I have eyes open. Amen. I wasn't closing my eyes. Hallelujah. And she hit the altar and her and the altar brigade on the floor. And I told Adigui, carry your casualty. This your church is happening. This was the visitor in the church. Carry her away. Let your intercessors use her for practice. So they took her away. Intercessors came. They took her to the room and they began to bind her, lose her, pray. So when we finished, hmm, I said, "Take me to the woman who was delivered." Now we got to the to the room because when I'm preaching, Satan must not speak. I get him out. When I'm preaching and Satan speaks, I shut him and tell him to sit down because I cannot be speaking and demons is speaking. It's an insult. Same thing with you. Okay, so. I went there, and she carried bench. And they were saying, you spirit of law, we cast you out in the name of Jesus. And she goes, yeah! And six men will hold the bench, and she will push all the six men. I said, you guys, you will have, you will have learned Taekwondo. <laughs> and I know it was self-defense. She pushed them to the floor. Whatever the case may be, I came and I said, open the door. They opened the door. And he said, no, 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 apostle, don't go near her. No, no, go near her. She's dangerous. I said, dangerous? Who is dangerous? Is it, is it you or her? And I walked. She carried the, the, the bench and she was back in the wall. I said, put your bench down. 
She put it down. Sit. And she sat and I sat beside her. I said, tell me now. Calm your head down. Ah, the intercessors now were looking. What's going on here? What's going on here? You know why they were fighting with the demons? They have read several books on intercession. Several books on deliverance. Step one, you do this. Step two, you do that. Step three, you do this. Step four, you do that. You analyze the spirit. You, they were asking, what is your name? She said, my name is love. In the name of Jesus, spirit of love, we cast you out. <coughs> How can Satan be love? <laughs> As you understand. So they want to show that they have some flex, you know. That's why the devil is messing them up. As for me, I don't know seven steps to deliverance. I know one step. God bestow upon him a name that is above all names, that are the name of Jesus. Every name shall bow. So you send your rod, the name Jesus, out and see what it will do for you. But in faith. I can tell you several experiences I have. People who are asking demons what is your name. What's your business about the name of demon? Do you want to name your child demon name when you know the name? Why are you looking for the name of demon when you have the name of Jesus? It's an insult to heaven. So if you hear anybody talking about demonology or they are teaching about deliverance, please don't go there. They talk nonsense. Deliverance is in my name. You shall cast out devil. If you cast out, it's different from pray out. Cast means instruction. Pray, supplication. Pray for someone who is demon-possessed for hours. Come out, come out, come out. Hey, hey, and you are sweating. And the demon is having a cool time. Demonstration. So that everybody is not paying attention to the demon. And the name look, the name Jesus in your mouth look like nothing. Something is wrong with that, your mouth. Are we together now? God, Jesus thought about devil. He said, I saw Satan word fall like lightning. Then he now says, second lesson. I have given you authority over all the powers, not some powers of the enemy. So that Christian cannot say the enemy made me do something. He cannot make you do something. Whatever you do is your decision. If I feel like slapping somebody, it's not Satan. It is me who slap. I will get it now. Oh, someone provoked me. I gave him a board. It is not Satan. It is I. Hey, Satan made me. Satan didn't make you do anything. Satan cannot make a Christian do anything. I'll show you in the Bible now. He said, I give you authority over all the parts of the devil. And King James Version said, Nothing by any means shall hurt you. Which means that whether they call it, uh, they went to the mountain to talk about you, they went under the ground to talk about you, they went to the sea, the river, they went to uh, your name, they stick your name and nail it on the, on the tree, or they went to uh, padlock that we manufacture to lock house, they call your name inside padlock, they locked it, and then they threw it to the lagoon. May they and the lagoon perish. I tell them my name, Alfred Theophilus Babatunde Oluwasegwata Williams. Do anything with my name. If you use my name to do something that is not right, if the God that I serve did not answer you, you are lucky. You are just lucky. Maybe because he knows you will be born again. Did you not read it? No weapon forged against who? So there was a problem. Therefore, listen to me. What Jesus said about the devil is the only testimony about Satan. I saw Satan fall. Huh? And what about you? What did Jesus say about you? Look at the book of um, Colossians. 
No, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 about you. Uh, Pastor, I have just about 10 minutes. Please clock me. Am I behaving myself this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah forever. Look at what he says. Shall we read this together? And God raised me up. Say it again. And God raised me up. Say it again. And God raised me up. Then. And. So that is the testimony about you. But Satan had fallen. Look at the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Let's look at that. We'll read it together. Colossians 1 13. 13. 13. Come on now. Guys, read it. Do you know somebody, a, a, a translation says he has rescued us from dominion of darkness and translated us. I explained the word translation in mathematics to you. All coordinates changed. That's just translation. It's different from reflection. Reflection still has bearing. Alright? But translation doesn't. All coordinates change. Now, dominion is a subvent under kingdom. England, United Kingdom is a kingdom. Yes? Republic of Ireland is a dominion. Oh, Scotland is a dominion. Though they have their parliament who take decisions. But the fact of it is, parliaments in London have credence over any decision made in Scotland. And that's the reason why Scotland now and Northern Ireland, which are dominion, they are not kingdoms, have to go with Theresa May, either we crash land or we land crash. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't like where Theresa May is taking us. That's all Dominion can say. Theresa May rules over United Kingdom, not over Dominion. So if they decide something in Scotland, and in the Parliament of London, they decided something different, like we voted, they voted in Scotland to remain in EU. Hallelujah, somebody. And then when they brought the whole kingdom vote together, we are living in EU. So what happened to the decision of Scotland in dominion? The decision of Scotland is non grata. Because the kingdom rules over dominion. There are different jurisdictions. Jurisdiction is depicted by geographical or by territorial operations. Are we together? If that happened to the United Kingdom, and the only thing Scotland can do is to grumble. Yeah? You know this backstop or no backstop? This week I'm teaching you. Come, I will tell you what, you know, the position we are, I will tell you. Not prophetically, I'm an expert in this area, education-wise. What, does it mean? what do you mean by backstop? Just moving the boundary to the sea. Simple. That's what you call backstop. Stop at the back. <laughs> Don't you understand? And we stop them at the back. So what is the contention in Parliament now? I think I'm giving you a hint of what we're going to cover during this convention. Some of the hints. The contention in Parliament now. You say you will give us backstop. You call it insurance. Make it law. And EU said, no, we said it. Because the procedure of law in EU is... Monstrous. But you should just accept it as she said it. 
And the parliament said, no, we cannot. Make it into law. Hmm? So they are fighting. However, let me say something to you. All the decisions of London to remain, the decision of Scotland to remain, unfortunately, Theresa May said, Brexit is Brexit. So the decision of London nullified. This is not Scotland, nullified. Because the one who is speaking now is speaking for the kingdom. How can Satan's decision have credence over you? He is in dominion. You are in kingdom. How can Let the devil be mad. Let him be crazy. Let him be angry. Let him decide to put all his venom out. No man in, on this earth can be angry with the jumbo jet, let me say the, 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 the jet bomber of America, fly, that bat that looks black, is flying over United Kingdom. I hate Trump, and you took an arrow or a gun. I'm going to shoot down this bat, the, the plane of America, or you fire an arrow. You know what is going to happen? <laughs> As it goes up, and he cannot reach the plane, he will come back looking for the person who shot it. <laughs> you remain where you are. <laughs> Your arrow come back to you. So it is. Let them stay in darkness and shoot arrow to the kingdom. The kingdom is too far. Their arrow cannot reach there. That arrow has a mandate. He has to come back to the one who sent it. Did the Bible not say they will gather, gather this land and be shattered, gather and be shattered, devise a plan, it shall be too acted. A strategy it shall not come to pass. Why should Christians be afraid of decision of hell? They have no power. They are not greater. That is the reason why when I got to a Jebu land and they said there is a forest forbidden, I said, who forbid it? They said they are forefathers. I said, show them to me. They are dead. How can a dead man forbid something for me who is living? I entered their forest. Every demon they have took off. Do we need to pray to enter it? No. The earth is the loss and the fullness. Don't you understand? I was called by Kenya people, Christians there, that all the occults in that place have sued the Christians to court for seven years. They beat Christians and stripped them naked in the public. No rule of law. No, when, they, when devil, devil agents are working, no rule of law. They, they mess up. Every September, when Christians want to do their, their service, or call people will physically go into their church and tear their drums and to in Kenya. And they came to me, the pastors, that look, Apostle, <laughs> we saw what God did through you in Shagamu, a place called Shagamu. And they said, this is the problem we have in that place. The Ukol warlords, they, they have been disturbing us for seven years. And when we go to court and they come with all this, they are jazz, you know, the, the magistrate, the judge will just adjourn the case. Who will judge Satan? He will quickly resign. <laughs> go to the back door. You know, when they told me that... And told me how ferocious the guys are. You know what I told them? I said, on one condition I will go with you. They said, what's your condition? I said, do you know their head? Oh, one of them said, oh, he's my brother. Oh, good. I want you to go to the head of the occult. The head of Agemo Anuru. Tell them, I want to see them. But I want the meeting at Igburu. If you are not from that tribe, you don't understand. I asked them, I want the meeting in the forbidden forest. That is where they slaughter human beings for sacrifice. Why? How dare I say to killers, I want to come to your house with your door locked 
to hold meeting with you. Because the Bible says God bestowed upon him a name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, demons, every knee shall bow. If I enter into that forest that they slaughter human beings, if they slaughter any man after that place, I should resign as a child of God. Don't you understand? Anywhere you enter, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost inside you. They enter with you. And where the Father is, is angels come. Angels flex their muscles when they see devils waiting for a command of a righteous man, which is you. And if you, who is a righteous man, is afraid, how would you give instruction by faith in the name of the Lord? You know all this taboo they have in that region. Hey, the wicked people are this. The wicked, I defied everything. When they, had, when they went to the head of Okod and said, I want meeting in their forest. You know what they told the pastors? They said, it's either that man is mad or he knows what he's doing. They said, he must be a crazy man. He's coming to where we keep He must be crazy. And it's not part of us. I am really crazy. Crazy for Jesus. I, I, I live to see and ensure that the Bible in my time is true. If the word of God all promises for you is true, take it to where it should be tested. If those people have the power to kill, I want my head to be cut. If they can cut it for their God, then they will know that not every head can be cut. Do you know something? They decided that after investigating about me from their demonic world, everywhere they went, they were warning them. Hallelujah. Because God warned kings concerning them, saying, What? Touch not God's anointed. They now said, Okay, tell him we will receive him in the forest. But they decided to kill me before the day. This is in public records. And they brought all the most venomous, wicked people in their town. Witches, wizards, all the warlocks. And they decided every night from 12 midnight to 3 a.m., they were carrying sacrifice, cursing me. You know, when people from that tribe curse people in Nigeria, they, they, they can go to India looking for solution. Because they are the custodian of curse of, of the devil. That's what they said. But when we went to do crusade there, we brought that to naught. Yes. Nobody has the curse against a child of God. While they were doing that first, uh, that uh, uh, sacrifice, the Holy Spirit told me I was in Sierra Leone, with, in, you know, doing a program for the country. The Holy Spirit told me I should get ticket and go on Saturday. It was my death day, the day I should die. Saturday, I was to die. Seven days, they would carry the sacrifice. On the seventh day, they said I would die. And one of the foremost mothers in Nigeria who heard about it called my protege and said, what did you do for these people? This is what they have been doing now for the past four days. And they said, on Saturday you will die. And that person said to the mama that we will not die, they will not die too. Apostle is arriving on Saturday morning that they want him to die. And he's coming to meet them. I landed in the airport on Saturday. They drove me straight to Ikene. There was a chaos. All the voodoo people said, no, it must be his ghost. I am a ghost, aren't I? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. If Holy Ghost lives inside you, what are you? You are two Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, somebody. We are ghosts. They run. They said no human being can survive that curse we curse. Hello? 
They did not understand that there are human beings that their curse cannot affect. Because they are in the kingdom and their curse is in the dominion. No matter how powerful that curse is, the range of the curse is limited. There is a gap between the kingdom of God and dominion of Satan. There is no decision in hell that have credence over you. There is no decision in hell that can overthrow you. There is no arsenal of Satan that can undo you because God delivered you. He translated you. He rescued you from the dominion. Jesus paid with his life for it. Don't let anyone deceive you. Oh, someone say it is anointing. Are you not anointed too? Come on now. The gene of the father is in the sons. The one who gave you birth, his name is Jesus. You are not different from him. God exalted him. He exalts you. I think I have to take a regress. Yeah? Pastor, I told you 10 minutes. Because before we pray now, I will tell you this, that I will reserve this for tomorrow. Tomorrow is the beginning of our anniversary night. I looked, therefore, very critically on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I looked also at us who have been redeemed by him. And I looked into... And I looked into... What are the practical things that have hindered God's people? Number one, your faith. Your faith. Your faith. Now, having said that to you, tomorrow we'll look at some attributes of Christ which the Bible expects us to have who believe in Him. Because your faith first, and all what I've been saying since morning, when I tell you the Bible and I tell you my personal life, is because some people always think that the people of the Bible, how God used them, it has closed the chapter. But I stand among you, used as in the old I have encounters where they have sent rain and I commanded it, it vanished. Heavy rain. He didn't stop gradually. I said, Stop, it ceased. I have been in a place where I commanded the sun and the sun stood still. And when I said, You can now set, the sun went down straight by the command. I have been in a place where I was I confronted the killers in Jamaica the head of the Yadi, who they believe has, he will never be born again. And the government of Jamaica were fed up of them. And talking to him for 30 minutes, he broke down into tears under the Spirit of God. He surrendered his gun and commanded all his boys to surrender gun. When Paul said, I have fought with beasts in Ephesus, I can say the same thing to you. I have been in the forest in Africa where God brought a madman to us who had been mad for 40, 40, 
44 years or whatever. Pastor Dapo was there. And he came back to sanity. I have been in a church in Lagos with Pastor Dapo. When I was teaching like this, and a madman, he mad from the outside into the church. Entered the church, and people ran all over the place. And the madman was coming like that towards me. Before Pastor Dapo's eyes, he is my, he is my witness. I was teaching about the supremacy of the name of Jesus. I turned to the man and I said, sit down. And he fell to the ground. And I said to the people, that is God for you. You carry the authority with which God created heavens and the earth. I said, the demon that came into my service is the demon that God wanted him to hear the gospel, which he didn't wait to hear in heaven. Preach. You know, I preached for just a short time. Especially when I'm talking to ministers, by two hours I was speaking... And then he was going, I said, shut up. <clears throat> when I finished preaching, I turned to him and said, you foul spirit, get out of him in the name of Jesus. He went back, his head slammed to the ground. And the spirit convulsed him and left. And I went to eat. By the time we came back from break, this madman got up and said, why am I like this? They said you were mad. She said, no, I'm not mad. This is my name. This is the, way, the place I lived. This is where I came from. He had never known his house for years. Madding on the streets. And they clothed him. And I came back and met him now in his right senses. Let me say this to you. I want to show you this week how to operate the same power. Amen. I will together now. Someone said it's anointing. That is their business. As far as I'm concerned, it is the promise of God to all who believe. In my name, they will cast that devil. Mark 16, 17. They will heal the sick. Every Christian can. They will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. It is the command, promise of God to everyone who believes. The Bible says you will be head, you will not be tail. In other words, anything you are doing, you have the capacity to get to the top of it. It doesn't matter what your age is. If your brain is dead, no problem. If you are born again and your brain is dead, it's because you have not been informed. I will electrocute that brain and that brain will charge up. Amen. Who told you your brain is dead? Every man God sent to the world, he programmed them to succeed in one thing or some things. Ignorance is what kills people. There is none of you that should be poor. The Bible says no one should be poor among you. However, this week, I'm going to take you through a journey that will change your life forever. Amen. You are more than what you think you are. Amen. Stand up on your feet and let's pray. We're going to lift up our voices to God and thank God. Thank God for your life. I want you to thank God for your life. Thank God for all He has done. Thank God for who He is. Hey, everybody, I love the Lord, for He heard my voice. He heard my voice of mercy. I will call on His name as long as I live. Yay! <laughs> what shall I render unto the Lord for all His goodness to me? Thank God for who you are. 
a saint of the living God. Thank God for the salvation, for the cross of Calvary. <laughs> what will become of you is yet to be revealed. You will shake this world, not just United Kingdom. We will take over United Kingdom for Jesus. Thanks, thanks. We give you thanks for all you have done. I am so blessed. My soul is at rest. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks. Say thanks. You don't get what I'm saying. Jeremiah 12 says, like Jeremiah 20, 20, 9, 12, 11, 29, 11. 12 is, then you will come and call upon me. 11 says, for I know my plans towards you, says the Lord. It says the plans not to harm you, God is saying. The plans to give you hope and a future. You have a future. So when I say you thank God, are you, thank, are you looking at what you are surrounded by now? Before the end of seven days, something else will take over. Yeah. It is called the power of the Most High God. The power that breaks through the wilderness. The power that, that licked up the, the ocean. There will be way for everyone where there is no way. I say, you say, thank God. Thank God. Say it with your heart. Thank, thanks. Say, thank
issue of blood. Everyone under my voice that is suffering from issue of blood, I command the bleeding to dry up in the name of Jesus. The body of man, the belly of man, the abdomen of women is not for aching. to them. 
For there is no name under heaven by which man should be saved. But the name of Jesus. For Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. By him all things we are made. Whether thrones or dominions, powers or rulers. All things we are made by him and for him. I command every manifestation of dominion to be subdued. For all mankind will stand before Jesus to judge them. Anyone under my voice across the globe hearing me, that Satan has robbed you so much more that you cannot surrender your heart to Christ. I banish the devil from your life. I command your soul to be arrested. The word I have spoken today will hunt you down. It will not let you rest until you are restored back to your maker. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Bible says in the past he overlooked their errors. But he has commanded all men to be saved. I command you to be saved in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we bless you.